Hi, and welcome to Union Podcast. My name is Jamie Wolfer, and I'm a wedding planner who absolutely loves to share how I got started and scale my business to above six figures in this amazing and occasionally extremely competitive industry. In this podcast, I share the tech, tactics, mindset, and mistakes that got me to where I am today. No gatekeeping, no cloak and dagger, just full disclosure and a little humor along the way. So whether you're a planner or a solopreneur, my goal is for you to be a better business person than I ever could have been and support you on this journey. Let's dive into this week's episode. Today's episode is one of my favorite things in the entire world, and that is a live Q&A from one of our union Question number one, how do you structure client meetings? What questions do you ask at each stage of the process that is beneficial to the planning process? Ooh, okay. I'm a total cheese ball. I actually use the master plan. No joke. Like how many of you have gone in and like kind of putzed around with the master plan so far? Has anyone gone to look at it? Yeah. So that is, you should have access to both this and the master plan. That's literally how I plan. I know it's cheesy and I'm like, this is what I do with my long-term clients. It's literally what I do. Like I was using those documents internally with clients before I even launched the course. And I was like, you know, if I just put this all together, I'm like, sold it. It it could help people. So I actually use the planning timeline, which uh, I think is like the second or third spreadsheet on the overall workbook. And I will work my clients through it. And so I will have it open in front of me and ask questions as we're going. So I'll be like, okay, so we're about 12 months out Here's what we should be looking at, uh, kind of what our next focus is. Here are the items we should be checking off um, and use that as my frame of reference. Now, you can feel free to use that as your own internal document or you can make your own version of that. Maybe you're like, hey, I prefer it when my clients get this done earlier. But for now, if you want to copy paste my framework and you want to be like, this is when I'm asking these questions, that's kind of how I'd handle that. Um, I kind of feel like maybe a little bit more of a hands-on look at that real quick might help though. So in my first meeting, basically what I do is I would go through with them and we'd talk about priorities photos, guest experience. And I kind of throw out a couple terms and they'll, they'll kind of feed back to me what I'm looking for. And I'm like, okay, that sounds great. Here's what I hear from that. And I use active listening. I hear that if photography is important to you, we're going to want to make sure that we focus on prioritize getting a good photographer. Why don't you have plenty of time for that? We also want to make sure we have a tight timeline, but we're not going to worry about that until later. So I kind of use that feedback language. And then I'll go, okay, so have you, this is kind of random, but have you created a separate email yet for your wedding? I would highly recommend doing that because the knot and Bed Bath & Beyond will spam you for all of eternity. So if you have a separate email that both you and your fiance could share, that might be a great idea. Feel free to use your own if you want to, but it is good for centralizing and maybe RSVPs. Let's talk about budget. Do you have like a general number? Have you thought through any of this? Do you have a a vibe or an idea of what you want to have or what you have to spend? Okay, so do you know if you want to give anything to it monthly? Are you getting external contributions, savings contributions? And I will go through walking this budget with them. I will literally plug in whatever number I end up getting from them and then tell them kind of estimated expenses of what they have for each category. Now, this is one of those things that as you have time, you're going to kind of go, wait, that's not a realistic number, right? So desserts for 600 for like 200 people, that's DIY. But that's something you're probably not going to figure out until you get planning for a little bit. Um, so there's certain elements of it that you're just going to kind of get as you go, but it will give you a good enough framework. Or if you say, you know, my guess is you're probably not going to want to do video at this price point at 20 K. Uh, so I would say, let's take that budget from estimated and move it over into something else. So that's generally how I would handle that first meeting and the second meeting and the third meeting. Surprisingly, I tend to have that general pacing. 
So hopefully that answers some questions for y'all. So usually we meet at about a year out. It's not a hard and fast number. Don't feel like you're married to that or like you have to. Well, if they started 11 months, what do I do? Still start at 12. If they started at 18, let them know that we got plenty of time, right? But let's go ahead and take a look at this spreadsheet together. Or you can just look at it on your end and say, here's the pacing of what we're going to go through. So that's generally speaking how I would handle that first meeting. Get a big overall picture. I would also assign them the tasks that are coming up in the next few categories. That was a very like slightly in-depth, but also not enough in-depth. So if there are follow-up questions for that, please feel free to drop those. But find the pacing on that spreadsheet that works for you. You're going to want to take it slow. Ask the question slowly. You don't want to bombard them. This is not baptism by fire. We want to make sure that they're comfortable and that you're creating conversation because right now we're building trust. We're doing so much more than just like, let me get all the information out of you. And then I'm going to tell you all the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. You're going to be in their face on their wedding day. Like you want to build that trust. You want to build that relationship. You want to make sure that you guys are uh, vibing. What is the best way to introduce yourself to the vendors as the event planner? Best way to set day of expectations and timelines. Ooh. Wait, I love setting expectations. I'm a total cheese ball when it comes to meeting vendors. I'm like, hi, hi, I'm I'm the coordinator. How are you? Do you need anything? Can I get you anything? You got the timeline? Great. I'm just going to run around, check in with y'all later. I try to just be like the same person that I am with everybody else, um, but let them know that I'm available and I'm ready to chat with them and that they can grab me if they have any questions. But the, I lead with, hi, this is who I am. Do you need anything from me right now? Can I do anything for you? Can I serve you in any way? Do you have everything that you need? Do you know where you're plugging in? If it's the DJ or the photo booth, do you have all your needs been met? If not, what can I do for you? And if they have, great. I'll probably check in with you in a little bit. They're like, yeah, 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 cool. You'll start to get a vibe for when uh, vendors, probably beforehand, (laughs) when they're professional enough that you're like, this is good. It'll be fine. You know, if they have an actual email address, that kind of thing, or a website, or you know, minor details. We introduce ourselves beforehand. Um, Hey, my name's so-and-so. My assistant and I will be running the wedding for so-and-so. Attached, please find our timeline. If you have any questions or should your time differ from mine in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out. I look forward to meeting you and then do the follow-up when we get there. This is a multifaceted question though. So that's kind of where I start with. As far as setting expectations, I don't know if I go out of my way to set them. I go in um, pretending like I've assumed that everyone's an adult and they know what they're doing, right? So I don't overmanage their behavior, overmanage what they're doing until I know more. And then I'm like, oh, you're, you're a cousin that rented speakers. Great. Yeah, no, a book of CDs is a really fun option for DJing. I am so glad. So I go in hoping for the best, but I also ask strategic questions before we even get there from the client. So let's back this up because that just kind of sounded like a all over the place. First, I establish how professional they are from the client. You kind of pick up on that vibe pretty quickly where you're like, oh, yeah, that's that sounds great. Your cousin wants to get started with with uh, floristry. Mm-hmm. Right. That's fine. Now, of course, that's not the vibe that we're presenting to the clients. I'm just filing that away. And OK, this person might need more from me. I'm going to hope for the best, but they might need more from me. And then... I get the information to contact the vendors, send that welcome email. Hey, this is me. Let me know if you have questions. And sometimes you'll get those vendors that are like, um, excuse me, your timeline in, is inaccurate. And you're like, oh, okay, well, give me feedback. I would love to hear that. Most of the time you'll just be like, cool, got it. That's And that tends to be across the board what we see. And then introduce on the wedding day. Hey, I'm the person who emailed you the timeline. You good? Do you need anything? You plugged in? You got everything that you want? 
As a wedding planner, it is my utmost goal to ensure my client's satisfaction, within reason, that is. And while I will probably never be the wedding planner that schedules dress appointments and handpicks pocket square samples, that doesn't mean I want my clients to miss out on a personalized experience when it comes to their wedding attire. That's why I love partnering with Generation Tux. On top of fantastic fitting suits, they offer literally award-winning customer service that will take care of your clients the way that you do. All you have to do is join the Generation Tux Partner Program, and your dedicated partner representative will help you go from there. Through you, your clients will enjoy sleek suits, sincere service, and a sweet discount to boot. And as a thank you, Generation Tux will send you a reward for every suit rental booked to make it even more worth your while. As if the other benefits weren't good enough, am I right? Head on over to wolferandco.com forward slash GT Partner to sign up today. Do you want to make more money? Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. I'm sorry to bait you like that, but... Did you know that you could double what you're making on a wedding? You see, if you sign up for a photo booth with Photo Booth Supply Company, then you can bring your super sweet salsa booth to an event and get anywhere from six to $1,200 off of renting that bad boy out. You're already going to be there, so why not add a little change to line your pockets? Want to know more? Check out all of their options at theunionpodcast.com slash photo booth. How do you partner with vendors you admire in the industry? Ooh, okay. So sometimes there's a couple ways that you can do this. If you've worked with them and you're like, you precious gem, I need you in my life. Like, I want to work with you again, please. I, I pull the, hey, so we're putting together a preferred vendors list. Oh yeah, you bet your bottom dollar. My first and second weddings, I was like, would you like to be on our preferred vendors list? I didn't know what I was doing. I just liked them and they were great. And I knew their price point and I liked how they treated my clients. And I was like, this will be fun. Let's party. So that's kind of how I got it established once I had worked with them, right? If I liked them, and sometimes you give yourself some time, wait till the end of the event to make sure that you like them. <laughs> Don't be like, oh, you do pizza. That sounds good. You want to make sure they've got a little, little skin in the game. You have enough experience. We're not just assuming based on their, you know, fashion sense that they're going to be an effective photographer. Because, you know, just because they have a broad brimmed hat does not mean they're going to be delivering something that's worth putting on your Instagram feed, right? So that's one way that you can do it. If there's another uh, vendor that you admire that you saw on TikTok or Instagram or some form of social media, or you've had seen at some networking event, well, at a networking event, go talk to them. Be bold. Try it. I hate doing that. I love people, but I hate going to networking events and being like, hey, you seem cool. You want to talk? <laughs> that is the way of doing that. But let's say if it's the social media approach and you... I would just say shoot him a DM. Start with complimenting. I love your work. I don't know what it is about you, but your captions are always on point. Do you write those yourself? Okay, that's hilarious. I've been thinking about putting together a style shoot. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to bond. I'd love to figure something. Is that something you'd be interested in? I know they tend to be a lot of work, but uh, getting my feet wet and I've got this idea I'm really passionate about and I think you'd be a good fit for it. Why do you want to work with them? Tell them that. We're not just buttering them up for the sake of having an opportunity to work with them, right? We're telling them, honestly, here's why I admire you without just blowing smoke. Being a newbie, I don't know too many vendors in the industry yet, but would love to have a few that I consistently work with in the future. How do I go about networking and sampling their work slash products, for example, catering food, to see if they'd be a good fit? Oh, see, that sounds like a really good idea. And just be like, hi, I'm a new planner. I'm looking for caterers in the area. I'm just wondering if you offer free tastings. No? <laughs> now, the catering is going to take you a minute right? Uh, that's going to be a harder one because that's an actual cost deliverable. They have to pay money. Now, if you happen to go to a restaurant, you're like, wow, this is really good. And you go, hey, do you guys ever cater? That's a different approach. So catering is a little bit more difficult. But networking events, 
as scary as they seem, can be a great opportunity, especially if you have another newbie with you, especially if you have someone else to go with. One of my dearest friends in the industry, uh, his name is Dave McQueen. He runs Amari Productions out of uh, Southern California. We are, I was his best man in his wedding. He has been the person that I've gone to for a lot of advice. He's on the podcast and talks a lot, (laughs) like a lot, a lot. He's the older brother I never wanted. But him and I would go to these events together because he's like, I'm not going by myself. And he'd been doing it for 10 years already. And I'm like, wait, you can't go by yourself. Then I don't want to go by myself. But when we got there, we made great friends and we had a great time. So sometimes it just requires stepping out in faith and being a little bit bold and connecting with people in that manner. Um, And maybe sometimes finding somebody else to go with you that helps to ease that tension just a little bit. And hopefully the first question answered the rest of that a little bit more helpfully. Helpfully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Write that down. Helpfully write that down. What marketing materials do you have on hand to give potential clients? Do you have specific marketing materials for bridal shows? Okay. On hand to give to potential clients, not on my person regularly, other than business cards. And even then I'm like, hold on, there's got to be one at the bottom of my purse here somewhere. Let me just remove the child snack wrapper and hand it to you. Let me, I am nothing if not a professional, but uh, yes, business cards are a great option. If not, just exchanging information can be great. Usually when I have some sort of brochure or something on me, it's at a structured event, like an expo or a bridal show. And that's when I get a little bit more crafty with it. So I will have some sort of one page sheet, not a glossy brochure. I don't care. I don't need it. Those are great, right? But it's going to be one in a million of them. I want something very clear, very bold. Here are my three packages. Here's what I charge, yada, yada, yada. The pictures are great. But honestly, I want them to see numbers and a very clear communication. So I'll have that. And then usually a business card to go with it. Mostly because I just don't want to pay for all of the paperwork that I probably won't end up passing out every single one of them. So I have a pricing sheet with a small explanation of what the stuff is and business cards. I also will get raffle cards printed up. That's the way that I get everybody to sign up so I can get their email addresses. Because usually bridal expos will send out a massive list of everyone who who went to the show. And then those poor people are just bombarded with emails at a day or two after the show is over. So what I want is I want contact information for the people that actually came to my booth, who actively showed interest by filling out a raffle card. I'll get some strategic information. I don't want to be sending out an email to absolutely everyone, which a lot of people will do. It was so great to meet you yesterday. And you're like, I don't remember meeting this person as a couple, right? I didn't go to that booth. Why are you saying that? I only want to email the people that gave me their contact information and I want to email them before the master list goes out. So that's why I intentionally have a raffle. I'll get their dates. I'll get their guest counts. I'll get their location. I'll get their budget. And honestly, I've gone through them before to be like, that budget's probably too low. They're not going to win the raffle, right? I won't be able to serve them. My price point's going to be too high for them as I wish them well, but that's probably not going to be a good fit. Or this one's really far. That doesn't make sense for me to travel to this location. Or I already have one booked for this day. So using that strategy, I was able to book, I always forget it was if it was 14 or 16 events from our first expo. We're not being dishonest, but everyone gets 10% off. Or if I really want the event, they're the grand prize winner and they get 20% off. So yeah. We took a little bit of a financial hit intentionally to be able to secure some clients. But in the beginning, when you're like, I can't get anybody else, that worked for us. So I was willing to make less off of each event to get a portfolio going. Is it appropriate to offer discounts to generate new business? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I prefer the... Okay. So there's two schools of thought here. There is the Alex Hormozy, which that 
podcast, the game, is literally like wrecking us. <laughs> it's so good. He's so good at what he does. I love his advice, but some of the stuff I don't necessarily always agree with. He says that you should work for free in the beginning. And I think coming from a wedding planning perspective, I think, you well, you should do what you want, but I wouldn't advise doing free events because you're probably not going to get the caliber of clients or the caliber of budget that you want to be working with. And bear in mind, I work with $20,000 budget still. I work with $30,000 budget still. I'm not talking $100,000 and there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with pursuing a six-figure wedding. That just is too much pressure for me. That's not what I want to do. I would rather work smaller events. There's something really, really sweet about them to me that I don't want to sacrifice, but I don't want to work a $5,000 event and I don't want to work a $10,000 event. That doesn't make sense because that's not going to be the type of clients that I want to serve. And then I'm probably not going to be working with other professionals, which is going to make my day so much harder. So there's a certain element of, I really do want my clients to have a little bit of skin in the game. I don't want to do it for free because I want to see that they, you know, there is a, a value assigned to what I'm bringing. Now, if in the very beginning, you are not feeling confident about charging a lot, that's very normal. But the only thing getting your way of charging full price is your own confidence. That's it. That's it. Yep. The only way getting in, the only thing getting in the way of charging full price is your confidence. You're already here. You're educating yourself. You are learning how to plan weddings. You are learning how to run a wedding day. You're going to do everything right. No. You're going to spend a lot of time on this client. Yes. Is your time worth something? Yes. If you're here, you're already investing in your business, right? You're already spending money out on your business. So I want to make sure that you are still finding fulfillment in working for these clients as well. What that price point looks like for you could be a little bit different. So I'm not saying you got to come swinging out of the gates at five grand a pop. So you're like, no, that, that makes me uncomfortable. But something, something. Don't undercut the basic low level of what you've got going on around you. So I would probably say across the board, anyone under $800 for day of coordination, I'm like, how new are you? Like even in more rural areas, I could see being a little bit, I don't know, I don't think I've seen anyone under eight that I would go, they're they're not new, if that makes sense. But there's a whole section on pricing, <laughs> which you will get to. So I don't need to get in the weeds on that one. What is the best timeline, communication, to-do checklists, seating, and vision board software you utilize? We know there might be multiple ones. Ooh. Okay. The best timeline option would probably be, well, Timeline Genius. I love Timeline Genius. It's so good, you guys. I actually prefer a very skeletal timeline personally. Um, so when I send one out, I like it being very clean. I like everyone to know where they're supposed to be and when they're supposed to be there and what they're supposed to be getting done as quickly and as neatly as possible. But that's also, you know, pretty indicative of how I do my pricing sheet when it comes to wedding expos. So Timeline Genius would probably be the best. Communication, HoneyBook. I'm a HoneyBook stan. Like there's aisle planner that a lot of people have enjoyed. I prefer the user interface of HoneyBook. I also prefer the pricing structure of HoneyBook. And we got a deal for y'all if you're interested. It's a dollar a month for the first eight months. Like it's it's kind of foolproof. So IO Planner charges you for the amount of events that you're working. So the more events you work, the more they charge you. So if you have, you know, 15 clients, it's going to cost you more than five, I think is how their pricing structure works. I'm not quite sure what the different tiers are. HoneyBook is as many clients as you want to. It's just a flat monthly fee. Yes, I've heard great stuff about Dubsado. That's most people outside of the US are opting for Dubsado because um, I don't think HoneyBook translates well into sometimes into different countries. So I don't have any personal experience with Dubsado. I found HoneyBook. I tried Aisle Planner and I went straight back to HoneyBook. To-do checklist. I would frankly use the ones on the master plan. I would, it depends on what you're trying to do in addition to that. I would use that as your springboard. Don't start from scratch. Use that and then add and remove as you see fit. Seating, all seated, allseated.com. 
It's the best. It's so good. But that's if the venue already has their measurements. All Seated is my favorite for that one. There's also social tables that people have used, but I keep coming back to All Seated. Vision board, Canva, or Pinterest, truly. Like if you're trying to put something together, Canva is a great place to put them all in at in one central location. I know I love Canva. It makes me look so much more professional than I actually am. I am not, but I love that you can do branding stuff. It's fantastic. That's all we have for this week's episode, guys. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor, screenshot that episode and share it on socials. Tag me in it. I would love to see Wolfer and Co. on Instagram. Let me know if you're enjoying it. You can also let me know if you didn't enjoy it, but I'm probably not going to reshare that one. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and we'll see you in the next one.